I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm an erotica writer, performer, and producer of the live show Bedpost. Here at the Bedpost podcast, I bring past guests and performers from the stage show into my super hot, hot bedroom to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. And this week, we have comedian Coco Galore. Hi! Hello! <laughs> We're just talking about your lovely name. Yes. It's a real... To me, I'm like... I see a burlesque performer name. Yes. I love this name. Uh, when I first changed it, people were like, oh, you sound like a porn star. I was like, great. <laughs> that's, great. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and then you see me, and I look nothing like a porn star. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> you could. You could. I could be a porn star. <laughs> You don't have to be a specific body type. Uh, yeah, I know, mean... There's all types of porn. I just think I look really cutesy. Oh, so okay. be that gotcha. kind of it'd be that kind of porn that you're like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to watch that. She looks like a schoolgirl. Yeah, yeah. Or people that are... Or people really, that are into really it, into yeah. That. I mean, I'm a full-grown adult. I can be a schoolgirl if I want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have the agency as, in, as a woman. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I picture, like, this epic burlesque performer Coco Galore is there a Coco yes there is a Coco Coco Framboise yes that's yeah. okay that's probably why yeah. I'm thinking that she's lovely actually yeah. I saw her perform not too long ago I feel like I haven't seen her in a while um but she's very beautiful and she's really good yeah Sinful Sundays I feel like at Cherry Cola's probably was the last time I saw her okay that one's like king and Bathurst Cherry Cola is a place. Yeah. Okay. Cherry Cola is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that, is that the name of the night? <laughs> no, uh, Sinful Sundays. Yeah. They do it uh, every Sunday, which is kind of cool. Burlesque night on a Sunday. Right. And the venue is really cool if you've never been there. It's like everything inside is like pink. It's like pink velvet like chaise lounge, they Whoa. have pink lights and like vintage. I want to go to the lampshades. <laughs> it's like really cool. In yeah, there. I uh, went there for the first time for like my birthday, maybe four years ago, uh, and I feel like I've done it maybe twice more since. Like I've never been. It's great. I want to yeah. go. And on, gonna... you know, nobody's doing anything on a Sunday. Go see some burlesque. Yes, you know? why not? Yeah, such a beautiful art. Um, but I was going to say, Galore actually comes from James Bond. It comes from oh, Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore! Yes. <laughs> That's where I got, like, my first name, Coco is a nickname for my first name, and then Galore came from James Bond. Yes! Yes. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I, not that I'm like, I do burlesque at other places other than Bedpost, but right. I just go by my normal name because I produce and write under my actual But your name is name. very sexy. Is it? Is it is. I don't feel like it, it is. is. Really? It sounds like a good like that uh that British drink, Pim, Pim's cup. Yeah, it sounds yeah. it sounds English British. Right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's a British sexy lady that's going to come dance for us. And by lady, I don't mean old lady. Oh, God. <laughs> 
people, <laughs> sexy old British sexy lady. Sexy old just, British lady with the Margaret Thatcher hair. Just cobbling <laughs> out onto the stage. She's doing her thing. Yeah, I, yeah, it is an English name, actually. But uh, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess now that you're saying that, it kind of makes sense. Because my burlesque style is very old timey like i do a 50s 40s style right. usually right so maybe it does make sense just keep it what's the new style the new st- well i mean i never perform to modern music okay yeah and just you know there's there's more like uh, popping and, and dropping and uh yeah uh, i've seen it i've seen it yeah. i saw it at uh when dita von Tees was in town yes and they had a lot of a lot of Toronto burlesque dancers yeah. um, before, and I was disappointed not to see Coco Flamboise actually Aww. that night. Um, but yeah, there, there were burlesque pieces to you know Beyonce, and I was like, oh, yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, I mean, to me, that just looked like hip hop dancing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, to me, which that, is also very sexy, which is also cool. Which, is, but yeah. I don't feel like yeah for me when I see burlesque. That's right. I'm looking for kind of a more pastiche kind of experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, from another era to yeah. Yeah. experience. Yeah. So I always dance to like super old tunes. Yes, I've seen you. And yeah, you're yeah. right. Oh, I, like <laughs> I like it. I like it. I was like, oh, what's happening there? When uh, Daphne and I were watching, we were like, yeah, oh my right. God, she's so cute. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was us. That was us in the back. <laughs> just yes, just yes. From the back. <laughs> yeah, that was us with the red lipstick and and the haircut because a lot of burlesque dancers have because I commented on your haircut. A lot mm-hmm. of burlesque dancers have long hair, I do. and with the pixie hair, I was like, oh, that's such a sexy element. Really, because the neck, the neck. Everybody underplays the sexiness All of right. the neck, and All you have right. a nice long neck oh why thank you this is just going to turn into a compliment <laughs> session just, yeah first half of the podcast is just uh well i actually well i miss my long hair for performing That's right one of their because you like to whip it yeah it's nice to play with it right right to use it as like another tool while yeah. you're out there but that's nice to hear that pixie cut works too yes because of the neck because of the neck because of the neck <laughs> Uh, and you and Daphne did a set. We did. At my uh, two shows ago now. Yes. Uh, and which... we thought we were going to be so sexy, and we weren't. <laughs> you were, we're sexy. We were like, we're going to talk about sex and <laughs> anal sex. You know, that's Daphne and I's running joke. And oh, is it? there was none of that. None of that. <laughs> What's the running joke? <laughs> She just likes to randomly shout, I'm calling her out, but she just likes to randomly shout out that I, I like anal sex in public spaces. And it one time we were in a show and we were playing two grandmothers and then she said, your granddaughter Coco likes it up the butt. And I just couldn't. Every time she does it, I just can't stop laughing. Just can't keep it together. I just can't. And so when she did that on stage that one time, I... I had to take like a 30... I just could not even keep it together. I was crying because I was laughing so hard. And this is in the middle of our own set. And I had to like play the laughing into into the scene. Yeah, work it in. Yeah, work it in. Um, but well, yeah, that's our that's our joke. And that was not in our set at your show. And that's... And Daphne's so funny because to me, you're talking about you look sweet. Right. Daphne looks like oh, the sweetest I know. little... And her little voice. I know, and she likes to wear hair bows in her <laughs> head. Is that what it's called, hair bows? Yeah. And, like, uh, headbands with kitty cat ears. She's so adorable, and she always wears pink. 
Um, she has a story for why she does that. And when you interview her, which I'm assuming you're going to, uh, you, for sure you can I ask her, you. tell her I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. If she's up for it, I would. Oh, she'll be so to. down. Oh yeah. She'll, wicked. So, she'll be so down. Okay, yeah. Wicked. Awesome. Do you usually incorporate sex like in your comedy and stuff often? I think that we're, um, Daphne and I are pretty, uh, liberal in terms of our sexuality. We're very open about it. And so if it comes up, we don't shy away from it. Cool. We don't shy away from it. The only funny thing is that I don't like being touched. (laughs) By her? (laughs) No, just in, just in like contexts that are not sexual, I don't like being touched. Okay. And so she will purposely again <laughs> Try to. do this to me and people who have seen us and know us as soon as she touches me they start laughing because they know <laughs> they how know uncomfortable hiding. it makes me and she'll like sit on me and yeah she does stuff like that <laughs> uh, that's the only thing but aside from that we'll talk about sex we'll you know we'll have all kinds of sexual yeah. content but um It's not the only thing we do, but we do incorporate that. We're very free with our imaginations. Yeah. Yeah. With your sexy imaginations. Sexy imaginations where people don't like to be touched. (laughs) Yeah. Except I don't like to be touched. Except I don't like to be touched. (laughs) If it's not sexual, don't touch me. (laughs) Why are we touching? Uh, It took me a long time to get into hugging. I was Mm -hmm. like, why are we doing this? It's not going to lead to sex. Get away. <laughs> does that come from somewhere? Or does I, that source? I think that, like, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't come from a touching family. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. come from a touching family, which is funny because um, I have family members, like, cousins in my generation that are, like, 20 years younger than me. Mm. And by the time they came around, we are now a touching family. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it's too late for me now. Yeah. I have all the psychological, you know, damage, damage of not being touched when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's just from that, I think. Um, and I've always been like, oh my God, someone's touching me for no reason. <laughs> bad touch, bad touch. Bad touch, bad touch. Uh, now I'm okay. Especially, um, I've challenged myself to okay. push past that, especially, uh, in improv, I, have allowed myself to be really free with it. So Daphne can touch me and it makes me uncomfortable, but I push past it. Like, I'm not like, oh my God, I feel violated. Of course, if I did, she would respect that. But I've pushed myself to get past it or to just acknowledge that I feel uncomfortable and just keep going. Yeah, and just sit in that. And and just sit in that, right? And maybe put that into the scene like yeah 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 let it affect you kind of and, and Daphne's a good friend of yours oh I absolutely assume, yeah so. we're we're like best friends so yeah <laughs> we're like best friends but not quite <laughs> no we're we present as best friends we present as best friends that's right that's exactly it that's such a good line we present as best friends yeah I uh, know we are we are best friends uh so going back uh we're talking about what, your family right when you were young were you, uh, um, what was like growing up in your family so, where sex was concerned? Well, it, my family is more reserved, conservative. They're, um, I grew up with my mom's side of the family and they're um, Chinese. Okay. So there's a little bit more like, you know, we have to sit with our legs closed. Um, I was actually telling someone yesterday that we were not allowed to laugh too loud. Like, Interesting. Yeah, so there was that, but... I think because of hip hop and R and B, I and kind of playing with that like area. I I was always kind of like I always had a very sensual mind. 
mm-hmm. but knew that in certain contexts, I could, I had to shut, shut it off. You can express that. Yeah. But what was really interesting is during my rebelling stage, yes. right? Of course, I fought it. I was like, I'm allowed to be this way. Get over it. Right. And now I'm just like, okay, I just won't be like that here. But, yeah. you know, between like 16 and 25, I was very open uh, and expressive about sexuality and very much like, hey, we have to fight for female rights and, you know, yeah. studying so all... How yeah. did that manifest? Yeah. What What do you mean by that? Um, what did you do? Well, it all... It, it's funny enough, it started with music and, of course, not understanding half the things that I was listening to. So, <laughs> listening to 12 play, R. Kelly's 12 play at... 12 and not knowing what he was talking about later on discovering what he was talking about what is that song about i don't know 12 play is uh 12 ways of foreplay okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that whole album is like sex me bump and grind yeah. it's just a sex album yeah. yeah and then being in my later teenage years kind of starting to express that you know privately and then going into university and having the opportunity to study it yeah um that was a lot of that was a big change for me because then I came to understand that um, I wasn't the only one yeah. um, and that it wasn't wrong and that it wasn't about um, context necessarily. Like, so I could be a sexual being and still be part of my family and yes. like, you know what I mean? And not feel like I wasn't part of them. So I think there was a lot of things that I was going through where I would feel excluded from certain areas because I was like, Oh, I don't belong in here because I feel this way and they don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like coming together with, I can be a sexual person and still be part of my family and yeah. still have like, you know, um, conservative and, reserved kind of methods like not being touched on stage and still be a sexual person yeah so that kind of merge was really great and it was done through education what kind of classes did you take um oh my god like what this type was, of stuff this you- was so long ago um like just philosophy of sex cool um self and identity cool. um and also done through like you know sexual components like learning about your sexual self um I can remember all of them, but those are the two core ones that I remember. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it's interesting how language has changed mm-hmm. because when I was in university, we could use hermaphrodite and that was a term that was used. Yeah. Which and is then, super dated. Which is no. super, super dated super and, dated and super offensive. Yeah. Right. But at the like time, the fourth term after that. That's now. right. And so it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and if you don't keep up with it, if you don't keep up with that knowledge, you will use a word like, like I have had friends who have used hermaphrodite in front of me and I'm like, oh, oh no, man, that's not really, we don't use that word anymore. <laughs> it's so old. Yeah. It's yeah. So old. Yeah. Oh, no. So it's, that's how old I am. <laughs> I don't mean to call you out. That's how old I am, guys. I used to use the word hermaphrodite freely. <laughs> freely. Freely. <laughs> It's very free with uh, that it was, term. It was very free with that term. Uh, no, then it became intersex. I think yes. at the end of my university career, it right. became intersex. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I read a book uh, right when they were kind of coining that term called middle sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, yes, by Jeffrey Eugenides. Yes, I love that author. Me too. I me love too. that author. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read Middle Sex just because oh, it's real heavy and I know I have it. Just have oh, you do? It. Okay, because yeah. I was going to Yeah, I know. I saw you pointing. You're like, I have it. Uh, virgin suicide, marriage plot. Come on. Yeah, marriage so plot is like such a mirror of my life in a way that like I also 
uh, dated someone that was bipolar for a really long time. So yeah, what's that book about? A little bit. Um, that the book. That, that, yeah, yeah, that the, basically. Yeah, the book is it's kind of interesting because it follows a woman um, at Brown University studying. Um, I think it was Victorian era novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's an English lit major, and then she starts dating someone who is bipolar, but doesn't know it quite yet, and then marries him, and the complications of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a That's good heavy. Book. That sounds heavy. It's very, very heavy, and it's very heavy doing it, like being in the position of dating someone who's um, I was going to say, bipolar. especially for you, that's you're saying you've been through a bit of that. Yes. That's even harder yeah. to read, I would imagine. Or maybe not. I don't. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, I, it was so long after uh, when I read it, but of course a lot of the memories were still kind of like, it's like reopening old wounds, but it didn't feel bad. It felt more like, oh, I'm I'm glad that like how I felt wasn't like, because you feel crazy yeah. when you're going through it and you're like, uh, am I crazy for thinking that this is not quote unquote normal behavior? Um, and so reading it, uh, makes you feel kind of like validated, validated. That's the word I'm looking for. And, you know, not alone in that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult journey. Oh God. This was just someone you dated. Yeah. It was someone that, um, yeah, someone I was with and someone I had known for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was just really difficult. Yeah. The breakup was difficult. And, uh, no yeah. breakup's easy. No breakup is easy. I usually like to just ghost. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> Let's just pretend this never happened. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Where'd he go? Bye. And just disappear into the shadows. Um, oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. Confrontation's hard. Yes, it is. Hard. It is. And it's, again, something I had to learn. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because you think when you're younger, when I was younger, I always thought, oh man, when I turn 30, my mind's going to be set. I'm going to know what's up and, and have all my, you know, like personality traits set. Nope. No, no. Still changing, like still understanding myself and still kind of evolving. And it's kind of cool because then you know that the journey never stops. Yeah. Yeah. I feel in my 30s. I feel a little more at home, Mm -hmm. like in my identity and in my skin and stuff like that. But no, for sure, even even sexuality, which I like to think of myself as kind of well versed. Right. um, Yeah, I'm still finding out stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like um, understand. Like for example, now it's gender. uh, No, not gender fluid. Something fluid when your sexuality is fluid, Mm -hmm. opposed to just being binary mm-hmm. like just being i'm like, straight i'm bisexual. gay or by bi- like now you can be like i'm just fluid it's a spectrum yes it's a spectrum and i love that because as you grow and you meet people you understand that you can like and be attracted to different people um and and so kind of ad- admitting that to yourself as you get older um that's something that's new like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's something that's new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you identify with that? I do identify with that. Um, cause fluid that, sexually? A little fluid a sexually. Little, little fluid. Um, just a little, just a little fluid. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I for sure have felt attraction and loved women. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, We're just yeah. talking about Kate McKinnon. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, she's so hot. <laughs> she's so hot. She's so hot. Like, I just want to take that poster that's on Bloor Street and be like... 
come home. Come <laughs> yeah. Home, come yeah. Home just with girl. come, homie, come. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you ever dated women? I haven't. No? I haven't. But I the feel curiosity like, and interest is there. The curiosity and interest is there, and I feel like I've had kind of emotional relationships yeah. with women nice. in my life. Um, for sure I've had those. Um, just not a sexual relationship. Yeah. 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 Well, uh... You can also, like, even in the spectrum of finding people attractive, you can even be, you know, like, hetero, homo-amorous, hetero-amorous, right. Right. and not necessarily homosexual. Right. Or heterosexual. Right. See? You, you learn know? something every day. I like, just, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up when I get home. Yeah, you know, like, some some people can uh, have never actually dated someone of the same sex or, right. or opposite sex, but right. find themselves, like you're saying, having, like, a very... A romantic emotional attachment to right to that right. person, even right. though it not isn't necessarily sexual. Yeah, doesn't become sexual physically. Right, or may never, or maybe you don't. You're not interested in that part of it. Right, but it's a just different type of connection. And I think that that happens to me um, quite a bit, where I get into emotional romantic attachments with people, mm. and then just never have sex with them. And I'm okay with that because yeah. I, I just feel like. Sometimes I'm just like, I just don't want to have sex with you, but I just really love you. Yeah. Can't we just hang out all the time <laughs> and hold hands, but just never have sex? <laughs> and then there are people you're just like, I don't want you to talk to me. I just need to have sex just, with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, so sexual, but not amorous. That's right. Yeah. So that's the thing yeah. is like understanding that. And learning that about myself, um, I think in my 20s, I um, acted on some of those things, but just didn't understand it. Um, Couldn't place it for myself and wasn't necessarily comfortable with admitting that that's who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's the cool part about being over 30 is you get to admit to certain parts and own it. Yeah. Own it and wear it like a crown. Yes. yes. <laughs> wear, wear the badge. Yes. Let that freak flag fly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at Pride all the time, you know. I'm at Pride all oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to New York Pride this year uh, oh. with Daphne. I was like, we are going cool. to New York Pride. Um, it was so much fun. What kind of stuff did you check out? It was just, well, we only did the parade. Mm-hmm. And their parade is like six hours long. <laughs> You thought ours was long. Yeah. Ours, ours is, is like four hours. Ours is like nowhere close to, oh, uh, like, they take breaks oh, yeah. and ke- and then keep going. They're like, we're going to take like a five minute break. That's why uh, when the BLM sit-in happened, I didn't even know that was happening. I was like, oh, we're taking a break. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And and I was two blocks away from it. And to me, I was just like, that's how peaceful it was. I didn't even know. And yeah. I was two blocks. Yeah, I didn't know either. I was yeah. positioned kind of near the front the forefront of the parade right so we we're just like oh it's I, know, I don't ha- know we're yeah. taking a break yeah, yeah exactly uh, let me just keep working on my tan yeah. um <laughs> but the new york one was really beautiful um they also had they had a group i think they were called um gays against guns cool. um and they would do literally like a sit-in every couple of you know, blocks or steps that they were taking. So they would just be chanting and then just lay on the floor for like a good minute or two, get up, walk again, do it again. Very interesting. Yeah. Kind of 
kind of performance art. Yes. A little bit. There was a, there was a lot more performance art. And also there was a Nigerian float cool. um, and a few African floats, which meant a lot to me because of what's happening in that continent in regards to homosexuality. Yeah. So What's yeah. going on right now? Well, it's just there being... I don't know all the rules, but a lot of them are being prosecuted or killed or being paraded in public, just in a really, like, degrading way. Mm-hmm. And they don't believe in... Um, homosexuality. Yeah, in homosexuality and LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. So it's it's difficult right now over there. Yeah, it's still yeah. illegal in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, it's still illegal. So that's Punishable why... by death, even. Right. In places. Yeah, lots of places. exactly. So that's why it meant a lot to me to see, you know the Nigerian float come through in New York. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, it is political because it reminds you, hey, we can do this here. Yeah, privilege, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And we have to call attention to what's going on in other places. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good. New York was so good. Yeah. We did not want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> did you say a weekend? Or? Uh, we were there for uh, Dow Close Marathon. Okay. Which is a 72-hour improv, like nonstop improv marathon in like wow. five theaters. Wow. Um so we were there for that, and then I was like, Daphne, we're staying for Pride, and, and we did the parade. I didn't know it was six hours. <laughs> did you say the whole six hours? No. Because, <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be, like, two, three hours, yeah. and it started at 12, and our flight was at 8. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we're good. We'll have, like, a, th- you know, we'll three-hour parade, and then go grab a slice and go home, and we had to leave the parade. Like, <laughs> didn't make it. No. Your 8 o'clock flight. No. Didn't, did not make it through the whole parade. So good, though. All right. Well, let's take a break, Coco. Yay. And we'll be right back with Coco Galore. The team at Deliciously Disabled is pleased to announce that they will be hosting their second annual fully accessible sex-positive play party for people with disabilities and their closest allies. This second installment is entitled Deliciously Disabled Justify My Love, inspired by the unapologetic sexiness embodied by Madonna in the 80s and 90s. It will be held at the iconic Buddies and Bad Times Theater on Friday, August 12th, and this is a 19-plus event, since nudity and public displays of sexuality are allowed. Deliciously Disabled knows more than anyone that the idea of sexuality and disability might seem taboo or scary, but they encourage you to shed those fears, along with your clothes, on Friday, August 12th at Buddies with Deliciously Disabled. Hello, listeners. We are back with Coco Galore. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Let's talk about. Are you Are you seeing anyone? Are you dating? What's going uh, on? No, I'm single. Happily yeah. single. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also just really busy. Yes. Yes. I barely get to talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where I would be able to fit like somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Are you usually like a casual dater, usually a monogamous, serial monogamous? Man, I don't even Where know anymore. Where do you anymore. find yourself? Do I don't you know? even know anymore. I feel like I haven't really dated or seen anyone um, in my 30s, and I would love to be able to explore that, but again, just so, fit in? just so busy. Um, I'm at a different place. Like, um, I was thinking about just even the way that I speak to men and woman it's a, it's a little bit different now like i'm more comfortable with myself 
Um, and I will look people straight in the eye when I say things. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of eye contact. A right lot now. of eye contact. <laughs> uh, someone asked me if I had a kid. Yeah. The other day, and I said, "Now, why would you ask me that?" And I literally <laughs> just paused and looked at him. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> Said. Well, he was just like, well, I have a kid, so I wanted to know if you have one. Okay. And I was just like... Okay. Yeah. I'll allow Okay. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Who asks that? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's forward. Right. Yeah. If I have a kid, you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, you'd know. You'd, you'd, I'd probably mentioned it. That's right. By now. Yeah. That was just strange. Anyways. <laughs> but it's just the fact that, like, if I was asked that 10 years ago... Mm-hmm. I would have been like, uh, no, of course not. I don't have a kid. Oh, yeah, you think? Yeah. Get your back up? I think so. Yeah. That's how it sounded when I was... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Ten years ago. <laughs> so, do you... How do you, um... How do you explore sexuality right now? How does that... Where, um, where and how does that happen? Where and how? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're going to laugh. Um... <laughs> Right now, I'm celibate, mm-hmm. so that is how I am exploring my sexuality. Mm-hmm. It is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've chosen to be De- celibate. Deliberate. Deliberate celibacy. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I wanted to... So earlier, we were talking about being amorous with people. Um, that is something that I wasn't able to explore when I was younger, because I would always just rush into sexual situations. Mm-hmm. So um, being... Being emotional with people without having sex with them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been my personal challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know when I'll call, be like, hey, I'm done with this Yeah, I, part. What, Yeah, what are you hoping to get out of that? Well, I... Is there I, a goal, I, even? Well, the or? goal was to be able to be emotional and intimate with people without the sexual component. Yeah, yeah. That was the goal. Yeah. And... It's a great goal. Yeah, um... And it was it was difficult. <laughs> Have you had? Is the struggle real? The struggle is very real. Uh, it's hard to, <laughs> like I said, like I don't like being touched. So then I, you know, if it's not in a sexual context, so it, it's just a lot of like personal issues kind of coming down and me trying to, you know, work through it. Um, so, yeah, I think that I've, I don't know if I'm successful. I think I'll find out if I'm successful in the next relationship. Right. Like, if, if I'm able to date someone, get close to them, have sex with them, and still be mentally and emotionally intimate with them. Mm-hmm. I think that will be the real te- test. Because your experience is the opposite. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what would happen? Um, typically. What would typically happened would be I would have sex with someone yeah um because that's neither here nor there like it was a physical attraction thing and then i would just shut down emotionally and just be like i gotta go now bye yeah and i think that um getting older i've learned that sometimes you can't do that sometimes you can't be like i just don't need something emotional from you specifically yeah for sure when you do that all the time Maybe so, it's maybe that's right. Else is going on. That's right. So, uh, and then when I would get emotional, it would just be really difficult for me to process. Mm-hmm. I would just have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. um, regarding emotional relationships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and 
so that's maybe say you've had sex and then maybe they want to have a relationship with you like that always happens because i feel like when you say you don't want a relationship yeah so you do say that i do yeah i've always been and i always get tricked into them because it's like well that i want to run like you don't know me yeah but i want a relationship from you so like now i think the difference is if someone says i want a relationship and i really don't want one hopefully hopefully i'll be like no yeah, just right? don't even. Don't even. Yeah. And I think, like, I won't even have sex with those yeah. people yeah. at this point. And I haven't. Like, yeah. I've seen people that I could sense that's what they wanted, and I'd be like, oh, hell no. Yeah. You know, and I'll run the other direction. That's a pretty good call, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you're just asking for... That's right. For that... For trouble. Yeah. After. And and it is a lot of trouble, because I get in, you get invested in people, well, mm-hmm. I got invested in people, yeah. and then you get attached, and that's not even what you wanted in the first place. Yeah. Right. So then and there was a lot of guilt around being a woman and not wanting those things. Not wanting me. a relationship. Yeah. Not yeah. wanting a relationship, not necessarily looking for, you know, the white picket fence and the kids and stuff like that and still not looking for that. Um, there was I had a lot of I felt a lot of guilt um, surrounding that, especially because I'm an only child. So I was like, oh, maybe my mom wants a grandkid. Um, I think I acted out of. I got into relationships and acted out of being pressured, being pressured and a sense of duty almost as a woman. Um, yeah. So that's been, again, trying to get over that. Um, I still get the, are you going to have kids? And then I have to defend it. Yeah. Matt and I don't want to have kids. Yeah. I mean, and there's nothing wrong. We're overpopulated anyways. <laughs> I know. We right? need one more person. Yes, yeah, we need. Do we? I mean, if. We were underpopulated, and they're like, hey, man, as a human being, it's you need obligation. to, it's your obligation, we need to keep going, all right, I'll throw in my ovaries, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> but that's not the case, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And I mean, my hope is that, like, when I'm older and more financially established, that I could perhaps adopt and take care of someone that way, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want to have my own kids, and I don't feel like... I need to have that whole setup, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, there's. It's so funny. There's a Rihanna song um, called "Needed Me" that just came out, and I was like, "This is my song. This is my song." Because <laughs> she says, she says, um, "Fuck your white horse and your carriage." Didn't they tell you that I was a savage? And I was like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> How many times do women have to say this for you guys to understand? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, someone like her, I think, like, Rihanna, has been, like, even though she's, she's like, younger than me, she's been, a like, a big inspiration in terms of, like, reclaiming female sexuality. Yeah, does she talk about that a lot in her music? Oh, yes. She's talks about sex. Or just publicly? Yeah. She talks about sex publicly. Um, in interviews, in her music, um, she has a song called S&M, like, and I remember someone was like, oh, what are you looking for in a man? Someone interviewed her, and she was like, uh, first of all, I'm not looking for a man. <laughs> Why assume that? Yeah, I'm good. And <laughs> it's nice to see someone, you know, do that in the owning public it. eye, owning it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful, and she's like, I don't need this. Yeah. That's great. So have you found, you're saying, uh, even when you do communicate that you don't want a relationship, mm-hmm. you find the person... says the same thing oh I don't either but then that like changes oh that changes I've had instances where we've established that it's a sexual relationship and a purely physical sexual relationship and and they're like yeah I don't want it 
I don't want it either. Good, good. I yeah, we see eye to eye. And then and then you start getting calls, hey, you wanna go to movies? Hey, let's go grocery shopping. <laughs> grocery shopping, that's the most <laughs> That is not a lot that that is a truth. That's not yeah, a sexual can't, relationship. Can't even make it up. Can't even make it up. Can um, write something better than yeah. do you wanna go grocery shopping? Do you wanna go grocery shopping? Um <laughs> Just so, and, do you think that's them just wanting to sleep with you and saying anything? Uh, and I don't or understand do that because I've already slept with you and I'm willing to continue sleeping with you. Why on, do we need to go gro- on these terms? Why, why, do we need, sh- why do we need to go grocery shopping? <laughs> why do I have to watch you pick out cereal? Or do you think they think that they can change that? Change your opinion on? And I've often wondered if it was specifically because I posed a challenge. Interesting. Right. Because I say and I'm very I was very upfront about not wanting anything. And I still am. It's like sometimes I get emotionally attached to people and I'm like, I don't want you, but I like this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I think some people just convince them. And and it's not it's not the norm. Mm -hmm. I think people often I think actually I shouldn't make any generalization, but I think there's more a tendency to kind of go towards relationships and that's fine. And I think when someone says to another person, I don't want one and that person is not used to that, then they're like, what? Yeah, I don't want one either. But then they just find themselves doing the routine of yeah, trying to the leave. Routine. It's, it's the routine. It's the routine. What's yeah. expected. Yeah. Right? They're like, well, we're two people. We like each other. Why shouldn't we be moving towards that direction? Yeah. Cause that's what, everything tells you to do that's right that's that's right learned experience but sometimes like for me i've gotten emotionally attached to people and i'm just like i just actually don't really like you <laughs> like attract you're not attracted them um sometimes i've been not attracted to them or what and are you sometimes talking about, it's though? like over time <laughs> as i've gotten to know them you're like, mm. i'm like i don't really like you <laughs> Like, is that okay? Like, <laughs> but you'll continue to have sex with them? Like, no, like, not even can... a sexual relationship, just like an emotional one, for example. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, and even a sexual... I, I just keep doing this to people, where I will have sex with them, not have sex with them, and then halfway through, they're like, I don't really like Thank you, you, actually. <laughs> um, I think it's valid. Like, the more you find out about the that's person, right. it's that's like, right. you can make that decision later. And, and that's been... Exactly. You can and, realize that. And, sure. And that's why not having sex with pe- people has been so much more clarifying for my mind mm-hmm. because I don't have that tendency to just want to get into bed with them, even though I don't like them. Because mm-hmm. I can have sex with someone I don't like yeah. that's sexual. But if I have to like keep talking and be emotionally to like connected to someone, I need to like you. You have to like them, obviously. So <laughs> it's been an interesting journey of... Now that I'm not having sex with people, getting to know people and be like, I don't like you. Yeah. And still not having an easy time detaching myself. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. I'm not even having sex with you. Why can't I just leave? So that's interesting. So is it then not really about the sex that's creating those that's attachments? What I, that's what I've personally discovered that's for myself and in my experiences is that it was never about the sex in the first place. Interesting. Yeah. Because I always thought, oh, when I was, you know, having sex, I thought, oh, it's because I'm having sex that these people want to stay and we have this connection. Yeah, that emotions are getting stirred That's up. That's right. because of the sex. That's right. And I f- have found that even when you're not having sex with people and you have emotional 
connections, it's still really hard to sever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still not as easy as, and now we're not going to be friends. Thank you very much. No, never, yeah. never that easy. It's harder to break up with a friend. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Because <laughs> you're not, like, you're in an emotional relationship. You're not technically together. You're not having sex. So there's that kind of like gray area area. and it's just hard it's It's like we're not yeah we're not together so do we need to break up yeah yeah but that's what i'm telling you you do need to break break up you do actually need to be like no more (laughs) no more because um i think and i and i can understand from the other from the other side that it would be difficult if you're attached to someone else and they're just like no more and they just yeah disappear and yeah you're like what 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 about Our grocery shopping. <laughs> we used to grocery shop. We used to grocery shop. Coco. I've done a lot of grocery shopping with different people. <laughs> this is not a lie. That's not a metaphor either. <laughs> actual grocery. Yeah, shopping. actual grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah, actually, that that rings true to me uh, about breaking up with someone that you're not necessarily seeing. Because we we saw a girl for a little while, mm-hmm. and I think we tried to not break up with her. Right. <laughs> then did you keep her around? For a while, we tried to ghost out of it. We did, just because we both hate confrontation. And right. we were like, well, we only slept together like a handful of times. Yeah. No one ever said that, that we, we were, were dating. But yet, it's so hard. But yet, you do need to. Like, because we needed, we did eventually, because we're like, okay, well, clearly she still thinks we're dating Yeah. Her. Like, yeah. Oh, it's complicated. So you had to be like, goodbye. And we both had to separately break up with her. Oh, wow. That was shitty. <laughs> uh, you're like, okay, well, you do it tonight, and then uh, we'll give her a week of recovery. And then I'll go in And there. then I'll go in. That's kind of what happened. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so oh and you know what? I feel guilt about it. Like, obviously. Absolutely. That's the thing. Is, like, oh, people, we should have done it. We should have yeah. just been straight with it's her. It's not fun. It's not fun to break up with someone, and it's not fun to stall it either. Like, no. it's just not no. fun. No. And that was the wrong choice, for sure. Yeah. I wish everybody would just understand the art of hinting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You feel me pulling away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Feel that? You can sense that I haven't called you as much. Can't, don't you? <laughs> just leave it. Um, you can read my mind, right? It's I, ex- so- I feel like I expect people to be mind readers. That's. I know. And I try to be such an advocator for communication, but I'm shitty at it, too. Oh, I'm so shitty at it. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better with boundaries and being really clear. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you are pretty good. I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm getting better. Um, I think what I've realized is that people might not always understand where you're coming from. And sometimes you just don't have to explain the full thing to them. You just have to be like, this is not working. And... And that's that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I used to listen to a lot of Dan Savage. He's, like, a Savage Oh, Daphne loves that. I'm trying to get into that. Daphne loves that. Yeah. I'm, I used to be really into it. Not, now I've gotten kind of some other podcasts Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm interested in. But he is always, like, you don't need the other person's permission to break up with them. That's right. It's not two people arriving at... Yeah. Like, it can be two people arriving at a conclusion. Right. But, like, the breakup, you don't need to get their permission to leave. Right. But we feel like we do. But you feel like you yeah. do. Because it's that guilt. Closure and, and it's that guilt. Yeah, guilt. Yeah. And you want to tie up loose ends. That's you know? right. You don't want to... And you don't want to have created an enemy. I've learned recently that sometimes it's okay not to tie up that loose end. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I've... it's okay to just cut it really close to the end. 
take off. And, and then take you off. Bye-bye. Yeah. You're like, I don't need to tie this on. Let me just cut it. It can fray in the back. I don't care. I'm out. <laughs> that sweater can just fray right up. Just fray just, right just, up. It's fine. That string just yeah. keep being pulled. Yeah. Yeah, because I've stayed way too long sometimes just oh, trying yeah. to clean it up. Well, there's that. So I can go with no guilt. With no, and that's know? the thing is like. How much time have I wasted? There's that Nina Simone quote. Um, if if someone's not serving love, get up from the table or something like that. And I'm just like, I think I'm just going to go by that because I feel like if I just don't feel comfortable anymore and I just don't feel invested, I'm just going to peace out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough because then you get triggers, uh, and memory memories of them. And like, you're like, Oh, remember when we had such a good time? Can we go back there? And it's like, no, No. we can't. (laughs) Um, you can't make no. toast bread again. No, you cannot. It's toast. No, it's toasted already. It's toast. It's toast. <laughs> it's burnt toast already. I learned we, that from Orange is the New Black. I, was what epi- is that in the new season? Yeah, I just finished. the I don't know season. if I can watch the new season. It's heavy. Yeah, and I heard ready that. For it. And I heard it's particularly heavy for like BLM type of matters and I'm just like with everything that's happening I don't know if I can watch it yeah 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 I get that it's like the most grounded season right like grounded emotionally and like grounded in actual reality I mean I know what happens at the end oh yeah very sad but I saw her I saw her I cried I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god she's so beautiful Oh, yeah. she's always been my favorite character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just... Her and uh, Tasty, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really loved Ruby Rose. Everybody did. Yeah. Man, everyone had a heart on for Ruby Rose. Oh, she's so hot. Everyone. Like, straight people yeah. everywhere. Yes, yes. We're coming over yeah, Ruby we're like, Rose. Yeah, we're like, girl, what's happening over here? Let's get in on that. There was a whole thing, actually, that, um, like, a lot of, a lot of lesbians were pissed off that straight women were expressing like attraction and love for Ruby Rose. Oh my like God. like that they would go gay for Ruby Rose, right. basically. Why? Why is that wrong? Because I don't know, there was something happening where they, they thought, you know, people were like trivial trivializing lesbianism and what it means to be gay and right. gay culture. As and, if and, porn has done that and already. Our yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. porn has done that majorly trivialized lesbianism. <laughs> oh my god. Like everything. Trivialized oh just yeah. yeah. Everything. And I love porn. I'm talking as a porn lover. Right. But it's a terrible way to learn about sexuality. Right? And, <laughs> terrible. And, and, and have you ever had sex with men who think they're in a porn? Oh god, yes. And you're like, what are right. you doing? <laughs> I wonder what you do in your free time. Right? Watch a jeez. shit ton of porn. Yeah, jeez. I, I remember once I told someone I was really young at the time and I told someone I think you need to go sleep with someone older and then come back. Nice. Yeah, because I was just like, I, I I, know what you're doing is not right, and I don't know how to guide you because I just don't have enough experience. Yeah. Just go with someone who can and then come back. Have you seen and the he, movie and Don, he did. Don John? With, no, not yet. With Joseph Gordon And Scarlett? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good. I want to see. Is it on Netflix? It was. It was, because that's where I saw it, but yeah. I don't think it is right now. Search okay. it, maybe it is. Yeah. Download it, if not. Oh, it I was love... on my ad list, for sure. Oh, I, I have such a huge... movie. It's really good. Do okay. you know what it's about at all? I. He's addicted to porn? Yeah, he's addicted okay. to porn. Uh, but it's really... Uh, just the journey that character goes on. It's right. It's like, awesome. And now like, I really want to watch, watch it. Watch it, watch it, watch uh, it. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, and great. And it's kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we... 
Can watch you, it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> go just shut let's this just, off. We're almost done. We're almost done. No, I'm kidding. We're almost done. We can go watch Don John. Yeah, we can go watch Don John. Matt, get off the couch. I would, yeah. Make us some popcorn. <laughs> John John in this afternoon. Uh, he's so hot. Um, Gordon, what's his name? Joseph, Joseph Gordon, Gordon Levitt. Levitt. He's yeah. so hot. I think he's married to an older woman. Nice. And I think that's so hot. Uh, my favorite is um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Sam Taylor Johnson. Who are they? Goodness. Who are they? He's like 20 years younger than her, and they're married, and they have two kids. Well, they have four kids all together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at me, just celeb <laughs> gossiping. Just um, he was he was in Nowhere Boy. He played John Lennon in Nowhere Boy. I think that's who he played, because I don't watch the movie. And she was his director. She directed Ooh. Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah. And I love the way she directed the film. Yeah. Um, and I've read the book, and I've read plenty of S&M books, and I was just like, the <laughs> thing that bothered me about that specific book, I was just like... First of all, there is no reality of S&M where someone would be initiated without being trained. No, there's so many, like, I was just so like, many uh, things wrong with that, right? with I was that just story. Like, it's uh, almost, it's, well, I was going to say it's almost as if it's written, but it's, it is written by someone that does not understand that culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, there are hot parts of it. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, some parts are cool, but just there's so many loopholes in that so many and and for me the number one thing was that people who engage in S&M especially advanced S&M yeah. like his playroom yeah they would need to be trained yeah. there's no way you can't just pluck Walk someone off that. the street and be like hey I'm just gonna train you yeah. how to do like That's how mean. to take all no you no. can't you can't do that that really bothered me um yeah because then a lot of people were like, oh, there's a lot of sick people out there. And I'm like... Oh, no, what no, bothers me about that, too, that it was exposed to such a general audience. Yes. And that's the representation of, like, the BDSM community. Right. And it's such... And it's so off. I remember... And s- that's what the general audience is seeing and thinking. Yeah. Is what BDSM is all about. And that's that why I about. liked the film version so much. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And she gave... Um, the female character a voice. I think the actress uh, Dakota Johnson gave the female character a voice, like a personality, opposed to in the book she was pretty blank. Yeah, she's mutable. Yeah, and I think that um, it was more softcore in the way they they did it in the film, and yeah. I appreciated that. I was like, you know, good. Yeah, an erotic. Thriller. Yeah, an erotic. Thr- that's right. Um, so I I really like that. Um, yeah, I remember someone saying that allegedly um Jamie Dornan, I think that's his name. The guy. The guy, um, said that like it really bothered him on a fundamental level to play this character. And I was like, that and not the serial killer he played in the fall? Like <laughs> Really? The guy who like kills women and then bays with them and reconciles. What movie is this? It's not a movie, it's a show. What show? Called The Fall. And the it's fall. and it's I don't know this for sure, but apparently he might have gotten hired because of that, like, you know, he was looked at because of that character or whatever. And I could see it. There are certain, certainly parallels in the way that he plays both characters. Um, The Fall is, it's like, kind of like Luther. It's a British kind of murder mystery show. But it's so 
um, erotic and sexy mm-hmm. in a way that you you feel so bad about yourself. You're like, I'm getting turned on dirty. by this yeah. serial oh. killer oh. right now. I this know. Is the worst. I haven't even seen it, and I know right now that that would be me. Yeah. Just feeling super guilty about how turned on I am. Yeah. And Jillian Anderson right plays this, like, oh my God, powerful feminist yes. who is educated and you know, has one night stands and then calls you out. If you try to tell her that it's wrong, like she'll deconstruct your language. I was like, I love, like, I love her character so much. And she's also very sexy. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And just looks as good as ever. Oh yeah. Pencil skirts and tucked in white blouses. Ooh, (laughs) please. I was like, come over here. (laughs) (laughs) She looked really good in the show. Yes. Gully. Um, I never watch X Files. Oh, I was obsessed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can go back. Would it be different? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's dated. Right. I don't think it would have aged well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're at the end now, Coco. We're at the end, and I'm gonna so go fast. watch Dungeon, and Mar- you're gonna watch The Fall. <laughs> yeah. We got shit to do. We gotta end this podcast. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you would like to tell our audience about? Any? Do you have a monthly or? Uh no. I'm just kind of chilling in Toronto. Um, Coco Galore on all social medias. Twitter, Instagram. I love taking food pictures. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get a lot of food pics. I love food pics. Food porn. Uh, Yeah, food porn. And you and Daphne perform? Yeah, uh, Daphne and I are just like on like a break for a couple weeks. And then we're going to get back into it. And Um, you guys go by Coco and Daphne? By Coco and Daphne, C-O-K-O. And Daphne with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Coco. This oh, thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Me too. Yeah. I loved all the shit we talked about. Yeah. And now everybody's going to know that I'm celibate. Everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to know. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't care, actually. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious because I'm just like, don't touch me. <laughs> man, pride. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem. Kudos with to yeah. you, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, Coco. Well, everyone, I'm Erin Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back often because we release a new episode every Friday, and if you want to see Bedposts live, the Variety Stage Show runs at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. For more information on everything Bedpost, please visit facebook.com slash bedposterotica. And lastly, the Bedpost Podcast features original music by Steph Copeland, who can be reached on Facebook or at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. Bye. Oh, bye.